Welcome, everyone, to another episode of the Fantasy Football Bros. I am your uh, co-host here, Mark Hogan, here alongside Derek Randall, and we have our, our guest speaker, Dennis and Sleeper, on the line here. How, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing fantastic. I'm glad to be here, guys. Happy to speak with you. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to it, Dennis. It's always, it's always fun to get a, uh, a third person's take in here. Heck yeah. So... Uh, yeah, so September 23rd here, uh, Denison threw his name in the hat, uh, pretty much Sunday afternoon, so uh, obviously feeling good, you know, about where, where his, his team is at, so I think uh, the rundown, the agenda here for today, we'll kind of recap um, the games that, you know, transpired over this past week. We'll go over uh, just quickly free agency real quick, and then uh, go into previews for, for the upcoming week as well, so... Um, and Dennison, just so that uh, uh, you're up to speed on kind of how Derek and I do this, uh, we'll keep an eye on the time for each matchup. We'll try and, you know, really try and um, limit our time to, you know, about two to five minutes for each one. Um, and then we'll kind of cut it off and move on there as well. Uh, do you have any questions before we get started? I, I do not. I am excited to get started. All right, so before we dive into anything, so, I mean, number one, like, really excited to have our first host uh, or, or guest here of the of, of the season. So, um, how about before we get started, you just want to tell us, like, I mean, ha- part of why we do this is to kind of keep up with everyone. So, maybe just, you know, enlighten us a little bit more on, like, what, what's going on in your life, like, you know, where things yeah. are at. Can you just kind of catch us up to speed on what's going on with Dennis? Oh, yeah, and I'm going to keep it pretty brief because uh, I figured we would touch on this. Um, I saw some of y'all for the first time that I've been back in three or four years, about a month ago for Derek's, uh, engagement party. Derek, congratulations again. It was wonderful. Um, basically, uh, after some stuff kind of skidded to a halt for me in Ohio, I moved to California for grad school. I promptly dropped out after a year (laughs) and, uh, joined a cannabis startup which made a bunch of money and then lost a bunch of money. And then I followed that startup through various projects to Huntsville, Alabama, which is a terrible place. And then subsequently to Chattanooga, Tennessee, which is a great place. Um, And my new company, Icarus Recovery, which is a CBD muscle recovery spray, which legitimately is like a miracle. And I use it daily um, is up and running the website, www.icarus.com dash recovery.com or at Icarus underscore recovery on Instagram, which I run is getting started in full swing next week. Uh, and just kind of a mini announcement to whoever is listening. Hopefully we get a good audience this week. I will be returning to Ohio um, semi-permanently at the end of next month. I moved wow. production of my can of my spray can to Cleveland, uh, real close to my parents I will be moving back to oversee production and product fulfillment. I run all the marketing and brand management for it. So I'll be doing that remotely and uh, possibly shifting to Columbus around January, February, along with my marketing company, Kill the Messenger Media, which I am one of the co-founders. So some pretty cool things. But overall, I just miss my friends. I miss my home. There's a real call of the Midwest. I will tell anyone, (laughs) if you are a single man and you leave Ohio for too long, it will grasp you in its octopus-like tendrils and fucking pull you back. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, you're moving back just in time for the beautiful Cleveland that weather. Is, that is the one I have, I'm preparing for. It. Fortunately, uh, my business partner has a large vacation home in Myrtle Beach. So I will be in Cleveland up until about the end of December, and then you will not see me because I will be in Myrtle Beach. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's awesome. Yeah. I, for one, being in Columbus, and am super excited to have you back. And we're going to turn that semi-permanently in Ohio to permanently in Ohio. Yeah, I am. I'm very excited. Uh, I miss everyone. I'm happy to see everyone again. You, you, you got it. My only advice to people would be if, if you ever have like a doubt of something, you feel a hunger or need to pursue, um, you know, as a human being, you always have the opportunity to just abandon ship and try something new. And I did that. I doggedly pursued a career for years it's turned into something not in the way I ever imagined, but it's profitable. Um, I'm happy. I'm good. Things are going well. And it's it's turned into something really cool. So that's all I'm going to say about my awesome. piece. But I'm very excited. Awesome. Awesome. We're really happy for you. That sounds, uh, that sounds pretty darn cool, man. Uh, I'm glad everything's working out and um you know kind of uh you, you get to pursue something that you're you're looking at looking to pursue and i'm um, glad we got that promo in there as well so a little bit of free advertising hopefully we can uh keep you know hopefully you know maybe if you want to be a sponsor we'll talk about some sponsorship opportunity on future podcast podcast episodes here as well yeah 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 i uh you know if the narrative of this podcast is a little bit more pro denison's team you know i think you'll start <laughs> yeah. That's how the game works, boys. Well, and I, I, I had to call myself out because I did list, re-listen to last week's episode. And, uh, yeah, I, I I don't know how I, I didn't give any kind of, like, pros to your team. I only kind of just, like, hit on, like, the weak points and then just moved on. So, um, you know, sorry for kind of just pointing out the negatives and, and you know, not necessarily uh, not necessarily covering any of the – you know, kind of uh, strength points of your team. But, uh, you know, I, I don't think it matters. At, at the end of the day, as long as you win, you know, win win games, that's that's all that kind of matters. Oh, yeah. Right? And I have a I have a brief piece I'll say about my team when it's uh, my turn when we, you know, circle up the matchup. Because, um, you know, I think there's some some valid stuff there. and But there is – there's a there's a, a historical bias against Denison's team. So I'm just going to say that. We'll leave it for now. We'll leave it for now. I'll talk about it for 40 seconds later. But that's it. All right. Well, well I, I will go ahead and apologize myself <laughs> for being rough on your team. Although I do think I deserve to be rough on you due to the fact that I was facing you and got killed by Josh Jacobs. And that not only was a fantasy football loss, but a monetary loss as well. So <laughs> you lost, obviously, Derek I don't lost want to talk. Twenty dollars. <laughs> hey, man. Money is money, and I am a very sore loser when it comes I, to money being involved. I know it took me a. I had to ask him after a week. <laughs> yeah, that's. Yeah, it is what I, it is. I, it, you were gonna get it regardless. I always. <laughs> I'm like a fucking Lannister. I'll always pay my debts. <laughs> Anyways, let's get started, guys. Jump, jump right in. Yep. All right. So how about um, we'll go? Uh, we'll go into let's let's start with Jack and uh, Kemper's matchup to to kind of sober the conversation a little bit here. Um, so I mean, it lo- it looks like uh, you know just in general here, I- I'm I'm shocked right now, quite frankly, to see Jack at zero and two. And uh, and Kemper to 
um, to have won a, won a game this early on. I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about it, but um, I, don't, I don't feel like we normally see Jack start off the season on, on this slow of a note here. I don't think we've ever seen Jack start this slow before with an 0-2 start, especially against debatedly the two worst teams in the league um, with Carl and Kemper. And we also rank Jack as the best draft. So he, I don't think he's in any trouble uh, with that being said because he is the best drafted team. Um, but it, it isn't an ideal start for him. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm looking at his team. I don't see a whole lot of, like, real depth here and with I, I think the problem here for him is AJ Brown him being injured last week that hurt him I mean he threw Paris Campbell in as uh as one of his receivers and uh you know obviously we saw how that turned out um but he had guys that put up some points it's just like his playmakers didn't you know didn't really show up Lamar with a pedestrian 17 and you had you know a combined you know 10 points between Gurley and, and Julio so uh, and, and it doesn't help. I mean, it just goes to show too. Like again, he's still running out that Vikings defense and um, Vikings kicker. Like yeah. that's risky. Yeah. That's risky. Kind of combining your defense and kicker. Not to mention, like, I mean, I, I said it last week. Like, Vikings defense is not the same as it has been in years past. So, I mean, he got a combined out of four spots, sixteen points. Um, so, th- I mean, obviously that was the reason why he lost there, but. Um, end of the day, like he needs some of his uh, his playmakers to to really show up, uh, including Lamar and Julio here. He's gonna he's gonna have weeks where everything clicks. Tyler Higby came to form. Jared Goff's a solid fantasy quarterback. Lamar Jackson solid. Alvin Kamara is arguably well. He's probably at this point going to finish as the number one overall running back. Uh, Todd Gurley is not going to pan out. That offense is playing from behind. Their yeah. defense is a sieve. Todd Gurley's on a pitch count. They work in Ito Smith on those third downs. Unfortunately, he's just not going to be an RB2. He's a high upside RB3. Julio Jones, I'll get into when we get to Ridley. Um, I saw finishing outside of the top 10 this year, and I stand by that. He was a decoy for a lot of last season. He rolls out there to take away coverage. There's a lot of mouths to feed on a high-octane offense. He'll have big days. And then ODB, I'm a Browns fan. Um, I'm ready to roll over on my team. Uh, Baker Mayfield makes one read. I've watched him play for almost three seasons. He makes one read. So I'd be concerned. I think A.J. Brown's going to be fine. I think Higby's going to be fine. He's got a lot of star power. He's going to have some weeks where he, he, he hits real high. And he's got Lamar Jackson and Elvin Kamara booing the team. I think that's solid. Yeah, I think I think he needs to just figure out that, that defense and kicker situation, obviously move on. I don't know if he did or not through waivers. I haven't looked at it, but he moving has on from Vikings and okay. So moving on from his defense and kicker is, you know, obviously a move that uh in my opinion was overdue. Um I would have already done that. But um looking on the flip side, like over at Kemper's team, uh I, I mean I'm just kind of surprised that his you know, his team is putting up the points that it is. <laughs> but then when like when you look at it though, like I mean, like, like Chris Carson, like he might, he has got to be glad that we drafted Chris Carson for him in the first round. Yeah, right? and that I, I mean, he's performing like a first round running back. Yeah, we we inadvertently drafted Kemper a fantastic team. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
I, I mean, and and now he's got Gardner Minshew. I got to imagine he's probably moving him into his OP spot moving forward. Um, CD Lamb, he 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 drafted CD Lamb uh, as well. So that was I loved that pick at that point in the draft. And um, again, like I, I, he's got some playmakers here, but uh, he's definitely going to have like I think he's the opposite of Jack's team. It's like. Kemper's everyone clicked, but like I would say, more often than not, they won't click as much as Jack's team will. Um, so I, I think you know we'll we'll kind of see everything correct itself over time. But um, you know, it just goes to show, like on any given week, right? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, CD Lamb. Um, how about we go ahead? No, go ahead. I was just gonna say, you know, CD Lamb is who Michael ba- Gallup was supposed to be, and he's playing second fiddle to Amari Cooper. Devontae Parker is going to be hit or miss because Fitzpatrick's hit or miss. Mike Evans has Tom Brady behind him, but Tom Brady also has Godwin. Um, Chris Carson I would have kept as my dynasty pick had I remembered how dynasty works. <laughs> and then uh, Montgomery. Keeper. It's a keeper. It is. And then Montgomery, he's, he's getting worked in uh, pretty heavily, and Josh Allen is looking like a top five quarterback. So he's got some yeah. talent. Um not a lot of depth, which is see, I, it's astounding. I, I would disagree about CD Lamb though. Like he's, in my opinion, he's the best receiver the Cowboys have. Oh, okay, already. Yeah, I think he has the best skill set of any of those receivers. Um, so I, I, I wasn't really surprised with the production that he has, and I don't see that going anywhere either. It's a great astounding because Josh Allen was a like resounding bust pick for like all fantasy analysts going into the season. And he has completely proved everybody yeah. two weeks in. Yeah, he might be the steal of the draft. Really? Yeah. Um, all right, so let's go ahead and move, move on here. So we'll, we'll go ahead and check out. Um, we'll go to my heartbreaking matchup here. So um, I just made a lot of, like, so I played Nate here, uh, obviously lost by, like, two points. Yeah. And less than two points. and. And you know what? Like, totally my fault, man. I should have won this game. I just made some stupid moves, tried to get cute. Um, and uh, at the end of the day, like, it's completely my fault for uh, messing with my roster. I, I threw in Scotty yeah. Miller over DJ Moore. <laughs> um, so that was like – I was just like, oh, man. Like, he's like he, – you know, I bought into the hype of, like, you know, he's the Julian Edelman of Tampa Bay, right? Um, and just really kind of, like, bought into that. And I was like, you know what? Like – I don't know how I feel about DJ Moore, like that Carolina offense. I'm not sure what's going to happen. So I was like, I feel like Scotty Miller, he'll definitely get me at least like 10 points, like nice floor. Okay, cool. I'll do it. And you know what? Like, I feel like Johnny Smith, maybe he doesn't catch the touchdown. He seems kind of touchdown dependent. I'll throw in Evan Ingram. I think he's going to have a bounce back week. Johnny Smith goes off um, for 24. So I just like kind of made all the wrong moves here doesn't help that Bill's defense, like, against Miami of all teams, yeah. just, like, puts up a minus one. So, I had, I had some things that just didn't go my way either. But definitely my fault for kind of benching guys that really should have been in my starting lineup to begin with. Yeah, and right after we talked up Johnny Smith last week on the show, I, yeah. I, think I, I told you I think he's going to be a, a tight end, like, top five tight end the rest of the way. And I, I was very surprised to see you putting Evan Ingram over him, especially with A.J. Brown out of the lineup. Um it's not like Ingram had a bad game, though. You know, it's like it's just John F. Smith up. Like, you know, it's it's you can't ever say like, oh yeah, this guy's gonna catch two touchdowns, right? Like, 
you can kind of predict volume and I feel like their volume was what were actually both kind of comparable when you look at it. Um, but at the end of the day, like obviously John Smith had the better performance and, you know, going into that week from a more logical standpoint, it still made more sense to play John. So um, yeah, I don't know. I just felt like being contrarian and thought it would pay off and just got a little too cute there. So uh, how about we'll look over at uh, Nate's team, though. I mean, how do you guys – Dennis, and what do you think about Nate's team here? Man, um, <laughs> you know, I think, God, at, at full health, we're looking at a way, way different team. I mean, for one, he didn't play – he's really deep at running back right now. James Robinson is the starting running back, pretty undisputed. He had – of the highest running back shares last week, I don't know if you guys saw, he's top four in the league with only like Speak, yeah. you know, and a couple others ahead of him. That's a great snag. And I'd probably put him ahead of Kareem Hunt for the rest of the year. I did propose a trade yeah. for him for Zeke that he will probably not take. Um, I, was ha- <laughs> I was high on Stafford coming into the season. I wouldn't be anymore. I think Kenny Galladay is going to be riding the bench for a lot of the year, but Godwin comes back healthy. Russell Gage is a solid wide out three Robert Woods has his weeks um, as soon as he can bench Preston and he's got a solid looking team I'd be worried about Trubisky yeah absolutely I mean it, it's crazy that Nate's team we just named all these players and last week he played with Godwin Connor and Galladay all on the bench yeah and still won like it's astounding that he put up 132 points and I will go to mention um, about Ezekiel Elliott. So I was listening to Fantasy Sports Radio the other day, and somebody pointed out on the very first touchdown um, that the Cowboys had, it was like a they ran a um, an RPO, and Dak and Zeke actively fought for the ball on who was. Gonna, <laughs> yeah. Did you see this on who's going to run it in? Yeah. So yeah, there's some serious tension between the two of them. I think it's going to come into into play and become a big issue because Dak wants that big contract and Zeke is just, well, really just a piece of shit, honestly, a human being. So I think we're going to see a real problem between the team here um, moving forward. And I'm wondering if maybe Pollard will get more played because of it, or if Dak's going to kind of go rogue and just, you know, do it all. I don't know. Nah, I I mean, the way I think that's just talk radio kind (laughs) of, you know, spinning it into, into something worse than what it really is at the end of the day. Like, I mean, that happens when you run an RPO. Not like like that. There's always, they're professional athletes and they both tried to tear the ball from each other and run with it. Like, what are you in middle school? I don't know. I mean, it, it's just like, you know, also uh, you're in the moment trying to and, and, and you both think that you're getting the ball that, you know, the last thing you want to do is put the ball on the ground. Right. So both are trying to secure it at the same time. Kind of a bang, bang play. Like I wouldn't read too much into it, in my opinion. Uh, what I will say is like, you know, th- how many times were was Dallas on the goal line and Zeke? Like, Zeke could have, like, easily ran for four touchdowns last week. And Zach Vulture – or Dak, I don't know why I said Zach. Zach Vulture, three of, three of those for his own rushing touchdowns. So, I mean – but, like, at the end of the day, it worked for him, right? Like, it worked for him on the goal line. It keeps the opponent, you know, guessing here. 
and and in result that's going to that's only going to be better for yeah. goal line situations for future games and, yeah um yeah. and you got to kind of think long term and you got to add to that, you that, add to that and this will come into when i'll talk about Dak briefly on my team and what put him ahead of a lot of other quarterbacks for me but jerry jones wants that that is a wet dream for him to hear that zeke and Dak might have touchdown competition he'll take that 10 out of 10 times um and he'll stoke it I think that they're always going to put their players in a position to be the best version of themselves. I don't think it's negative. You know, if they want to prove themselves, they want to prove themselves. That's what you want to do on the Cowboys because you get rewarded for your efforts on the Cowboys. That franchise treats its star players extremely well. Um, I think it's a good culture for them. They're always in win-now mode. That's what you're going to see. Well, um, I'll say my final say about it because you guys don't agree. Tony Pollard started the game. Zeke did not. I don't know if you guys saw that, but I don't know. I don't know. Some, I have a feeling something's going on in Dallas, but we'll see. Well, Jerry favors his well, quarterbacks. Then, That's what I was going to bring up later. <laughs> yeah, maybe you're on to something. Who knows? <laughs> but um, what I will say is just kind of closing out, out the books on Nate's team here because we've got to move on. But um, he's pretty stacked at running back. Like, he, you know, if he really wanted to try and make a move for a stud receiver, great. Um, because he, he could use a little bit more receiver debt. But, I mean, even Russell Gage is kind of performing, so might be worth just kind of holding on to all, all of his running backs at does, the same time. Does he need receiver debt? Uh, I mean, I would gladly trade all of my receivers for his. Can I do that? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, yeah, I, I, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay at the, at the same time. Like, yeah, he's pretty stacked across the board here. But, um you know, we'll, we'll see what happens moving forward. Um, he's in a good spot, though, for sure. Let's uh, – have a, we'll look at uh, – because I know you're alluding to it. So, Dennison, how about you take it away with uh, with your team against Carl? All right. I will uh, – I'll speak – so, I want to speak about my team briefly only because this is the first year this has happened to me. Um, so, I, I kind of told Derek before the draft happened, I really only started studying a few days before the drafts. But, you know, we've been doing this for so long. It's pretty easy because you pull up all your sources. Um, you know, you know the players a lot better. And I legitimately this year for the first time drafted almost the identical draft that I planned for um, the players. And I don't have I can't show you my sheet of paper, but I will tell you this is exactly who I expected to have at the end of my draft. And some of them were not the best, but this is what I expected. Dak, Jacobs, Mixon, Ridley, Chark. Edelman, Waller, and either Tannehill or Josh Allen. That was exactly what I thought was going to happen. Um, I believed in Dak over everybody except for Russell Wilson, who I wish I would have picked, <laughs> and Mahomes oh. Jackson. Yeah, I don't – so I, I believe in the system of Dallas. I believe they are only ever going to give the tools to their quarterback to win. Um, and I, th- I think you saw it in the Cowboys' win this past week where – Yes, the Falcons' defense is a sieve, and their secondary is non-existent. But there's a lot of quarterbacks who go in at halftime that do not have the support, like the Cowboys franchise, Jerry Jones, and you know now in this instance Mike McCarthy have behind the player like Dak Prescott that allow him to confidently go out there and throw for four touchdowns and secure behind the you know from behind victory. And that is why I wanted him over Watson because I'm sorry, Derek, Bill O'Brien is going to drill that team out of existence. He's a horrendous coach and losing Nuck was a huge loss. Um, a lot of faith yeah. in Dak. 
Josh Jacobs, I thought, would be a top yeah. three running back. Joe Mixon is my biggest red flag on my team and legitimately could be out of the top ten because I don't know if you guys have watched Zach Taylor's press conferences, but he's an idiot and he rolls on his players. Calvin Ridley, I texted Derek. I thought that's a top five receiver. Um, I knew he was going to outperform Julio this year. Very excited. Chark is going to be hit or miss, and it might be a lot more misses than I thought, and that's going to be a bummer. Um, Waller, great. Edelman, he's going to be solid. Tannehill, it's just their offense is good. (laughs) But I reached for Brian Edwards and a few other players, and it kind of fell apart. So I was confident in my victory. I'm fairly confident for the rest of the year that I'll be able to hang in the top three. Uh, Carl's team just did not have a shot without Mike Evans, and he played uh, Danny Amendola inexplicably, although Judy got hurt and Corey Davis – didn't we didn't know he was going to play up until like 30 minutes prior so i don't think he had a lot of choices there yeah um when you say mike evans uh oh you mean mike thomas okay um i was a little confused yeah, there. Sorry. um yeah i mean just in general like you know I, the way i see your team like josh jacobs you know darren waller joe mixon Cal- calvin ridley in my opinion um, are kind of like your core. And I and I personally am a little bit higher on Mixon. I think he was just kind of overlooked a little bit. Um, you're drafting him when you're drafting him pretty much as like your RB2, right? Yeah. Um, he's a high-end RB2. And so, um, you know, he's, he's, a, he's a good, you know, second running back to have in that spot. I actually have the same exact backfield in our IDP yes. league. And it's nice. Like, you just know, like, you have a really high floor week in and week out. So, for what he is and where you drafted him at, no issues whatsoever. And I 100% agree with you. Like, Calvin Ridley, he's the guy getting production in that Falcons receiving core. So, um, Julio is is certainly that decoy that, you know, he'll definitely have his blow-up spots. But Calvin Ridley, Ridley at the end of the year, he's going to have more fantasy points. I think I think we're all kind of in the, in the, in the uh, agreement with that as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, you're in a good spot. I mean, Dak's not putting up 40-point games every single no. week. Uh, you know, take away three rushing touchdowns, you subtract 18, he's got 22 quarterback uh, fantasy points. And that's that's pretty much what you could expect out of him, you know, week You're in week 100 out. And on that, I literally projected him at 23 week one. And apart from that great selling job uh, that the Rams did, I'm, I'm blanking on their, their top-tier cornerback right now. Um, Jalen Ramsey. Thank you very much. But, yeah, outside of that sales job by uh, Jalen Ramsey – he would have had I, exactly 23 <laughs> points. So I like Dak to stay in it, but I, I legitimately – I had him and Russell, like, on the same line, and I don't know what made me take Dak. I think I was getting cute. But after week one, I was like, oh, man, really wish I had Russ. But maybe in week two he'll come back to earth. And then week two happened, and I was like, he's going to finish <laughs> as the best quarterback in the NFL. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Russell Wilson deserves to be MVP. Like, he already, long he's getting uh, MVP votes right now for the first time. I don't know if you saw that today. Yeah. Yeah, that's fantastic. He's, yeah. he's so freaking good. He's hey, so good. So not to fillet my team too much, I just want to run down them really quick. Josh Jacobs, I don't know if you guys had a chance to watch the New Orleans game. He looked fantastic. Uh, his stats don't really show what that game was. They were hounding him. He can just turn nothing into something. It's really, really sexy. Joe Mixon is completely underutilized in the passing scheme. They've shown that Joe Burrow is going to be throwing a lot. I am a little concerned. They have a big hard on for Gio, and he comes in. They don't trust Joe Mixon to pass block, 
So they bring Geo in on their shotguns, yeah. and that's pretty concerning to me. Uh, Calvin's doing fine. He did a lot of legwork in the offseason. That Minshew offense, they're going to spread the ball around. If you know, if you got a wide R3 that you need filled, Keelan Cole and you know Chenault are not bad plays, I don't think. A.J. Green looked like crap. I think the hype around him is wrong. He can't separate. It looks pretty bad. Um, Waller will come back to earth, yeah. but Gazicki is killing it too. He basically is a receiver. And then the Ravens defense is going to finish as either the best overall defense or the second best. Um, you know, I'll take Edelman's floor. I think McKinnon always had the chance to take over the starting role with more start more so. And that's kind of the depth of my team. I, I am worried about the depth. I've got some shaky handcuffs and I reached for Brian Edwards because he reminds me of Josh Gordon. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'll leave that, leave it at this with your team. Like, just think about it this way. Let's say you played Edelman over AJ Green, which is probably like the move moving yeah. forward, right? Um, so, like, let's say you played Edelman over Green. So that's another 19 points there. Um, Josh Jacobs could have easily scored two rushing touchdowns in that game against right. New Orleans. They had like you know two touchdowns that just went to like you know, I think like Richard and like a backup fullback yep. and like just kind of like ridiculous, you know, vulture spots. And then Mixon also got robbed by Geo, which could be kind of an expectation. But like, you know, I, you know, really like you had like roughly, you know, we're talking about like close to 40 points that could have easily gone your way on top of the 190 that you already put out. Yeah. So um, I think you're in a good I spot. I think the, the 12th pick this year was a blessing. Um, I was legitimately very concerned about Saquon. Uh, I, I don't know how more people weren't given his injury history and that miserable offensive line. Yeah. I was a little worried about CMC just because of his workload. Uh, Kamara is still unquestionably fantastic. So, um, yeah, I feel, I feel really good about the draft. It really went my way. Um, I, you know, we'll see who comes back down to earth, but I feel good. And then on, you know, I'm Carl's team. Uh, I, it's going to be, I mean, Boyd's great. Smith Schuster could have a great year. A lot of mouths to feed. I have no faith in Singletary. Gordon will have his weeks. Um, I like Logan Thomas as a player. I mean, what do you guys think about Carl's team? I don't think he has a good team at all. Um, <laughs> I like his receivers a lot. And Melvin Gordon's going to be really good, I think, while Philip Lindsay's on the shelf. But now that Drew Locke is done for a while, um, Teams are going to key in on the running game. They're they're holding teams. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going to have a lot of trouble running the ball. I think with the stacked box, Um, Singletary is super hit or miss. I think he could lose his job any day to Zach Moss. He will. Um, Right, right. They're they're very they're very fifty fifty split right now. But the second Moss has a great game, I think Devin Singletary is going to turn all the way back around. Um, He has no tight end. Logan Thomas, I I don't know what he's doing there. Um, and his depth is unquestionably like, sorry, Carl, it's horrible. Um, yeah. Westbrook isn't even active for the Jags. So I don't know why he's owned. Like he's been inactive both games, both games. Like a healthy yeah. scratch. I think. He is, yeah. He, uh, scratch. He's a healthy scratch. They've, they, that offense is high octane right now. So it says a lot. <laughs> I mean, Chenault looks great. I don't know if you guys know this, but they're actually lining him up at in, in the backfield as well. He's everywhere. Um, he is, like, quite a gadget player for him, uh, which which forces Westbrook not to, to get in the game. But, like, 
I, I agree with you guys. Like, I think we're, we're all in kind of um, an agreement that, like, like for me, there's just no depth to his team. Um, he's, his, his starters are in kind of, like, really bad situations. Like, um, I, I just – I'm not a fan either. So, uh, 100%, like, I'm, on, I'm, in, I'm in the same boat as you guys, just not really, not really too pumped about his team. Uh, how about we move on here just for sake of time? We're going to kind of run through some of these next ones a little bit quicker. But um, as far as uh, – let's touch base on Andres and Lennon. So yeah. this was like – this is probably the biggest point differential in the history of this league. <laughs> like, like, this is absurd. And it was a good matchup coming into it. On paper. I mean, 208 points to 88. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lennon, Lennon had no mercy this week. Jesus Christ. I mean, having Russell Wilson just, I mean, God, Lennon's going to be in the top. Lennon already has a playoff spot because he has Russell Wilson, basically. And then Aaron Jones, you know, Rodgers went off last week, so it was Aaron Jones' turn this week. Um, and Dalvin Cook, 18, I feel like, is kind of his floor. Like, in a game where there's, they score 11 points, they're hardly ever past the 50 Dalvin Cook still gets 18 points. I mean, that's that's pretty fantastic. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was Andres' team was the team that me and you, Derek, thought would start off <laughs> decent and then just like start the wheels. Yeah, come you, off, you said right? three and three and zero is what we thought. Yeah, well, he's definitely not going three and zero. I don't even I don't know what's going to happen this week, but um, you know, at, at the end of the day, like. There's just not a whole – like, he's going to have his weeks, but there's just um, – there's going to be some spots that he's, you know, really going to struggle. And um, there's a lot of guys that just don't give him consistent points on yeah. his team here. So. I mean, and we talked about the biggest downfall of his team being injury, and here we go. Will Fuller and Devontae Adams are already hurt. Yeah. 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 Um, Chanel is a, is a bright spot, but like, he's just, you know, he's a rookie. So like, you can only expect so mm-hmm. much. Um, but on the flip side, like the more important part of this conversation is, do we think that Lennon's team can continue doing what he's doing? I mean, like Aaron Jones is all rolled right now. Davin Cook is like, you know, these points are his floor points. Um, but do we do, do we think his receivers are going to keep up doing what, what, what they've been doing so far? No. Um, I, I, I do think this is the ceiling for Diggs. You and I disagree on this. Um, he, I do, I love I'm going to say I am wrong that he's going to be a lot better than I expected in that offense, but I don't see him going over 25 all that often, which still 25 points is a great game. Marvin Jones, uh, when Galladay's back, he's going to fade. Um, I, I don't really like Jared Cook this year, but Russell Wilson and Ben Roethlisberger are going to be great QBs and he has arguably the best two running backs this year with Aaron Jones and Dalvin Cook. That's the best tandem we've seen, I think. Um, and in a Cooper Cup blow-up game has got to be coming soon. Well, I mean, like, I, I thought a Cooper Cup would have a better game, and he obviously did. He didn't, you know, have a 30, you know, 30-burger, but, uh, you know, Diggs, Diggs did. And um, I am a fan of Diggs here. I just think Cup and Jones are very inconsistent, you know, positions. Well, my, my counter-argument is going to be, does it matter? Because if you take 10 away from Diggs and 10 away from Koo, you still have a 188-point game. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, Aaron Jones is a coin flip. He's kind of an 18 or like a 40-point player. And Dalvin <laughs> Cook is on a God awful offense. I mean that the Vikings team in general is just dog shit. 
and he's still putting up, what, a 17, 18-point floor. He's heavily involved in the receiving game. Russell Wilson might be averaging 28 points a game this season. Aaron Jones might finish as a top two running back. So, yeah, I, I think he's got a really, really solid team uh, for the starters right now. You know, I mean, Brandon Cooks is a backup. That's a solid backup. It's not a bad rotation. So I'm, I'm excited to see for all the years Lennon's been in the league, this is easily the best team I think we've ever seen him have. 100%. And um, 100%. I actually, I had a little fun game that I wanted to bring into this, which I forgot to mention, but it's three players I didn't draft. I wish I drafted. And uh, number two is Stefan Diggs. I think it's a great pick. I think he might be a league winner for a lot of people this year. I was a big fan of Diggs. Um, I think I was targeting him when he ended up, you know, picking him anyways. But, uh, I mean, he, he's pretty good value in the draft. And, um, you know, he's kind of that overlooked wide receiver one on, on the Bills that uh, because he's on the Bills is like, you know, kind of the reason why he gets overlooked. And with a new team, people are a little hesitant. But those are the kinds of players that, you know, put you over that, put you over that hump. And, you know, going, you know, zigging when other people zag, mm-hmm. right? So, um, for the sake of moving on here, we'll go to uh, to Derek and, and Caleb's matchup. Derek, how about you kick us off with that? Uh, yeah, I got lucky. I played Caleb. Um, no <laughs> doubt about it. My team is really, really bad. Um, really, really, really bad. For the sake of injury, more so than anything else, I think I got hit harder than everybody else this week. I lost McCaffrey, yeah. Cortland Sutton, Drew Locke, um, uh, Brashad Perriman. Uh, I mean, you just name it, and he's fucking hurt so um can i ask you a question yeah like you picked up mike davis before yes i did like before this week in congress what what was the um like how how did where did you come to you know just grabbing mike davis it's not like cmc was going into this with any kind of injury all of a sudden he gets hurt and you already had him on your team well let me tell you mark (laughs) so I um I am a big believer in handcuffing your running backs, and I did that in the draft by grabbing Bonafone, who, when he lost his job, I swear it's really hard in this league to win when people are actively also coming at you hoping you don't win because the second Mike Davis was named the backup, Nate went on the waiver wire and stole that motherfucker from me. <laughs> and, and Nate dropped him last week, like three days before kickoff, and I noticed Sunday morning, so I immediately dropped oh. into one of them bad and picked up my handcuff, which is really fortunate um, that I finally got the opportunity to. And here, Nate, is a big old fuck you, asshole. Uh, you lost out on that. Um, so I'm glad I got to grab Davis just in time. But, I mean, he's not Christian McCaffrey. Apparently, he can still catch eight balls in one quarter, though. Well, Derek, you're just going to have to eat some shots and outlast. If, if you can stay alive long enough, I mean, you're one and one. You got Zach Moss, and I think most people expect him to have a bigger role. If that offense keeps clicking like it is right now, you've got a good spot. You've got two good tight ends. Uh, your receiver situation is is dire. And that, but you got some trade pieces, and you're going to have to figure that out. How did you end up with such bad receivers? <laughs> Um, because I drafted, okay. Um, I drafted Christian McCaffrey with the number one overall. Pick. You were high on Sun. That's yeah. Cool. You were, big, you were real big on I, Sun. I was, and I wasn't, I didn't have much of a choice. I took him in the fifth round because my second round pick, literally the last receiver on my list of desired receivers was taken 
the pick before me and Kelsey was there. So I didn't feel like I had any other option. And then third, obviously I was keeping Derrick Henry. And then, um, and then my next pick was like, what, what is that? Like 24 picks, 25 picks later. So, and, and at that point there's almost nobody left. Um, it was, can, can we just like, can we hear you admit that you were wrong about the Denver offense? <laughs> oh boy. I knew this was coming from a mile away from you, Mark. And, I think that is a hundred percent unfair to say that you're wrong about it. Unfair. Players get hurt. They clicked in week one, and then in week two, they didn't. They didn't even. What do you mean they clicked? They scored like fourteen points. Oh man, I can. All right, they they were without Sutton in week one, and Noah Fant was going off. Just like I said, Drew Locke was precise. Jerry Judy was dropping balls over the middle of the field. Uh, Melvin Gordon, the running game was fantastic. It was a lot better when Philip Lindsay was still in. Derek, the game then, was 16 to 14. Yeah, this is not like it wasn't like 40 to 39, <laughs> like the Cowboys and Falcons here. I mean, we're talking about like a game that you know was this like is also a game where there are two defenses under, on the field under the total. <laughs> All right. However, I, I mean, like Vegas even gave them like 15 more points than what they ended up putting up. Um, but like, th- there wasn't a whole lot of people saying Denver offense was going to be a top 10 in the league, and that's kind of I'm pretty sure like that's 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 very close to what you were saying that very first week there. Uh, yeah, that's what I was saying. <laughs> um, all right, and, and, so we'll move on. Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. We on. all. I just wanted to make sure you recap and said. I just wanted to get those exact <laughs> words and you to kind of admit that's what you said. There. I mean, I think it's unfair for you to sit here and say, "Man, Cortland Sutton was a bad pick when the dude played half a half a game and got hurt." You can't say someone's a bad. Pick I just think I just think he was overdrafted, like where he was going. You, you know, he, right. he's 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 a, he's a guy that shouldn't have gotten drafted where he was getting drafted. At. All right, Mark. <laughs> I, all right. So we'll talk about Caleb's team a little bit. Um, I, I do like Caleb's receivers a lot more than Derek's. Um, but, uh, I mean, obviously his running back situation is much better than before just because I think at least Fournette now has that role. Um, but, like, like I, I, I personally, with how bad his running back situation is right now, um, I personally don't mind for just rolling out Fournette and Jones on a week to week. I agree. Um, I'm not really sure why he started Madison over Fournette there. That that was kind of a head scratcher to me. Uh, Caleb is a head scratcher. <laughs> um, so we'll move on. Uh, that, there's not a whole lot more to say about that. The only thing we can say um, about his team, real quick, I, I need to say this. Yeah, is uh, Derek and I did our best to draft him a solid team. And really, I would say it, it is not bad. But I want to point out that he insisted on getting, for whatever reason, Fairburn, who week one got him one point, <laughs> and then he benched him the next week, and he's rostering two kickers. Oh. So I don't know if Fairburn fucked somebody he knows or has evidence against him or he went to school with him. But he's rostering two kickers, and he's not starting the guy we asked him to. And uh, Cam Newton might be a league winner too. So I was big. I wanted him really, yeah. really badly in my QB two spot. Um, you know, good on him. And that was also a demand by Caleb. It was. Me Cam it was. Yeah, I got a I got a fun fact about Cam Newton. I bought three uh, Cam Newton PSA PSI PSI ten cards. Um, when he was still a free agent, 
um, for a total of 50 bucks and I sold them for a total of 500. <laughs> so, um, I literally bought them and a month later, sold them for 10 times the amount that I purchased them for. So, you always uh, thank you. Cam. <laughs> yeah. Always got, always got to just like kind of find those weird angles on things here. So, uh, all right. So Tackett and Jimmy here, uh, Jimmy, man, with another close, I think he had a close win last week too, right? He won yeah. due to Philip Lindsay getting hurt. Um, he yeah. won by less than a point. <laughs> So he's got another another win here by eight points against Tackett. Another team that, you know, like I don't know how Tackett's teams always end up doing well. Tackett's like sneaky with like having good teams throughout uh, throughout the history of this league, but um, he's kind of in rough shape uh, this year here. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think it's caught up to him. He's got the arguable uh, number one receiver in the NFL, though. So. Yeah, I mean, he's still, still got great talent. Um, I think Hopkins and Metcalf are certainly a staple. He really lucked out with getting, you know, Jonathan Taylor with Marlon Mack getting hurt so early on. Um, but uh, that, that luck kind of ran out with Saquon getting hurt this week. So, he has zero depth at um, so he's, he's kind of screwed. Yeah, he has no – I mean, he, he for some reason he's rostering Rashad Penny <laughs> um, and Darwin Thompson. Um, <laughs> But I think James White will come back with some vengeance. Obviously, horrible story that happened to him. Um, but, you know, maybe the Patriots kind of start working him back in. So I think he's probably the only upside that uh, – well, Joshua Kelly, too. Um, you know what? I, I kind of – I like Joshua Kelly. Like, I would give him a flyer. I would – you know, that's the guy I would play if I had to choose from someone on his bench uh, to take over Saquon's spot. Yeah. Um, and that's the only person, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, with Tackett's team, obviously he's got some injury problems, but I, I've, I've kind of hated the narrative around Saquon in fantasy this year, especially um, outside of his rookie year. Like, he, A, he's always been injury prone. B, anyone who pays half attention knows that that offensive line is crap and that offense just gives up. I mean, it's a stacked box. I If – how you could not predict that maybe he's being overdrafted. I wanted Zeke above him if I was high up there. I thought that Jonathan Taylor and Derek and I kind of talked about this. I thought he was exceptionally overdrafted, and I thought it was more of a symptom of how weak running back was. And then we watched Marlon Mack get, you know, obliterated, and yeah. uh, now he's in the right there. Drew Brees looks like he's on death's door. If you guys have been watching him play, he doesn't just look like – Rusty, he looks pretty washed. Uh, it's pretty bad. It, it's it's I, like when I, Peyton took that drop off. Like it was immediate. There was yeah. no gradual decrease. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I think there's some legitimacy to that, um, but to a certain degree, I think it's also like that offense is way out of sync right now, and it doesn't help that it's Emmanuel Sanders' first year in the offense. Michael Thomas is hurt. Um, Quite frankly, they don't really have depth behind that. Those other guys are shifty guys that just aren't right. really great route runners to begin with. Um, so, like, really, if you think about it, he doesn't have great receivers. Um, Jared Cook's a good tight end or whatever, but, you know, really, there's no passing game to help him out. And there's no kind of like there's no offseason for yeah. Daniel Sanders to get integrated in there. Yeah. So, I, I personally don't think, like, from – if you look at it, like, Yes, like he's not hitting his receivers, but I think it's it's not like the ball is not getting there. It's not like it's falling short like when it was with Peyton Manning. It's more so 
the timing is off right now in that offense, and he's just not – he doesn't have the chemistry with any of those guys that are out there on the field. Yeah. So um, he's going to probably struggle, like, a little bit more, I would say, the next week or two. Um, but if they can kind of just keep around 500 uh, by the time Michael Thomas comes back, I wouldn't be surprised if the Saints made, you know, a, a, a nice second half of the season run. I sure hope so because it'd be nice to see Breeze go out with another ring. Well, that's not going to happen. So, <laughs> yeah, that division stacked against him. I'll say about Jimmy's team uh, overall. There's a lot of sneaky talent there. You know, I mean, Keenan Allen on the bench now that he's got uh, none of us. Did you? Oh, by the way, did anyone see today the news about Terod Taylor? Yeah, dude. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Yeah, that that the so now it makes a lot more sense why every player on that team has been injured for like a decade. Uh, <laughs> it just complete incompetence. I didn't realize that Dr. Chow used to be uh, their former doctor too, who you know got a bunch of DUIs and took his own pills. But anyways, I think you know Darius Slayton, obviously a big uh, rookie free agent pickup last year. He has his moments. Anthony Miller will have big moments. I think the biggest headache for Jimmy's team is who do you put in each week? Because he's got some good rotational talent. And uh, with Jimmy G gone, God, I would hate to be putting Sam in there. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like Keenan Allen between T.Y. Hilton every week. Um, Cooper and Lockett. I don't know how you bench Lockett right now with how well Russell Wilson's yeah. playing. Um, and Cooper, you know, he's going to get his looks because that offense is just so, you know, so stacked. Um so, but I, I agree with, um, you know, especially with, uh, with tight end, um, that's, that's kind of a challenging, a challenging spot. I mean, that's, you know, if you don't have like a top three tight end, um, you're kind of in that situation across the board here. Um, uh, but you know what I really like moving forward? I think Chase Claypool, yeah. uh, he looks like a good oh, player. Um, he's been playing so, excellent. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's kind of like, uh, he's kind of like the, the Will Fuller, uh, but probably can stay a little bit more healthy for that, for that Steelers offense there. So, um, I like Claypool moving forward too. So he's pretty stacked at receiver. All right. So, uh, I was, I think the original plan was we were going to talk about free agency. I don't think we really need to talk too much about free agency. Uh, we could just basically say that I spent my whole fab budget on free agency. <laughs> yeah. Um, you want to, you want to explain that a little bit? Cause I was a little confused when I saw some of the, acquisitions. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, like my, um, you know, I, I'm really in a bad spot with my running backs. So I was just like, you know what, if this, if I get both, then great. Um, I just feel like, you know, obviously Saquon's out for the year. So they didn't bring, they didn't give Devontae Freeman $3 million uh, and bring him in if they don't expect him to have, you know, at least, you know, a, a half of that workload, if not more. So I felt like 26 bucks uh, for him was fine. And then Miles Gaskin, like, yeah, he's in Miami's offense, but Miami's kind of a scrappy team. And, you know, he's getting that those PPR catches, right? And so in a full PPR, I don't mind spending up on 34 bucks on Gaskin here. So um, just for me, like, you know, I, I, I am, I'm in a spot from a running back standpoint where I don't really have any other options. Cam Makers, it's going to take time for him to really – you know, have some true value. So um was just like, all right, I'm, I'm going with uh, with Freeman and Gaskins and um, probably, you know, probably start Gaskins this week. Well, you dropped Daryl Henderson, which I was really confused by. You don't believe in Yeah. Darryl. No, I don't. 
I don't. Um, <laughs> I just think that like, you know, I already have Cam Akers, um, so I don't want the headache of like playing, trying to figure out if I'm going to play Akers or Henderson every week if it comes to that. And then, like, Malcolm Brown has, you know, a, a nice share in that offense, too. So, like, yeah, Henderson had a good week last week, but, like, I think it was just, like, game flow, and and uh, and, and he was able to take advantage of that. I think he's being overhyped right now in free agency. Interesting. I um I did have Miles Gaston at one point, and I, I don't know. I don't trust Miami's offense all that much, but – and $34 seems like a lot. I mean, I feel like Fab is very precious um, – conserving as much as you you can for the big the big acquisitions later on in the year um but i don't know if you feel like you have a need at running back i guess it makes sense. i i i tend to see with fab the the big acquisitions are normally at the beginning of the year and it's about who's willing to kind of spend up now you just have to like be smart with it like i think dennison last year made like i forget like <laughs> who you spent it on Dennison, but you spent like a, like 50 something dollars on like someone that like made, like it was just like a complete desperation play. A backup quarterback. Out, yeah. Um, so I didn't really understand like a, a quarterback that doesn't really make sense, but like a running back who's, who's looking like they have a good amount of the workload, if not majority. Um, you know, I felt comfortable with both of them with, with kind of their situations and what kind of workloads they're going to, they're going to get. And I need it. I have no one. I'm, I'm actually yeah. in total agreement with you. I I was also very confused by Andres putting $30 on Herbert. And that, once again, that's before the news came out that Tyrod's going to be gone for a couple more weeks. At that <laughs> point, it was still assumed that Tyrod Taylor is the starting quarterback. So, Well, I mean, if you watch that, there's no way they're bringing Ty- Tyrod Taylor back over yeah. Herbert after how impressive he was. I mean, Anthony like, was adamant. Well, that co- that's coach talk, though. He's he's just saying that because to to kind of play it by the book. Yeah. So, like, there's no way you could like watch that game and be like, oh yeah, Herbert's gonna be on the bench. Well, in week. fact, no I actually the reason that I was I I reached for Herbert originally and then pulled it back for my own reasons I don't need to get into. But for part of the injury news, that was more damning because originally it looked like he was a healthy scratch. So I thought that they, at the last minute, just said, Tyrod, you're garbage, you know, put Herbert in there. So I thought it was a smart move. Um, and, yeah, Tyrod's not coming back anytime soon. He plays it too safe. He doesn't fit that offense at all. Um, you know, he's a backup quarterback. Herbert was my yeah. favorite quarterback coming out of this draft. It was nice to get him to see – nice to see him play early on and see how he – You liked Herbert more than Burrow? Yeah, yeah, I liked Herbert a lot. What? I, I did. Um I, I don't really know. He's a tall quarterback, and he throws the ball real deep. So, and he, and he has a he has a cannon. So, that that's all it really takes for me to like a guy. And he's playing on the Chargers. So, I don't know. All right, I, all right. I'm gonna stop there. I, you don't want to dig yourself into another <laughs> hole. Like two years from now, I'm gonna bring it up and be like, "Dude, you're you're the one that said Herbert was better than Burrow." Whoa, I never said better. I just said I liked him better. I I like the pick better. I don't know what what's the difference between that. I, don't... I like what he was inheriting in the offense of the Chargers better than what Burrow's going okay. into in the Bengals. And okay, I would have okay. rather seen that. That's fair. I'll say so. I'm I'm a very right. impartial viewer because I don't watch college football. Um, it, it's pretty impressive what on field action Joe Burrow has with his team and that's I'm not detracting from Derek's statement it's just from somebody who didn't really know anything about Joe Burrow watching the Bengals games two weeks in a row 
he has a real command of that offense. Um, it's pretty impressive. So we'll see what happens. I mean, I want that to was kind of like I, I would not mind yeah. if I'm wrong. And you know, I'm actually I don't know. I I love Burrow. He's a great guy. He's from Ohio, and he like Dennison just said, like he came out there in a lot of tough situations and was like completely unfazed. He didn't get the nerves or anything like you see in other quarter, like rookie quarterbacks throwing the interceptions, the ridiculous, like boneheaded mistakes. He looked really composed. I, I really enjoyed watching him at LSU last year, and you could just tell like he was next level. Like, and it was like surprising, like how much further along this random, you know, guy that you know all of a sudden he's starting on LSU. How much further along he even was from Trevor Lawrence last year, um, but then like. You know, it, it just translated. Like, he had the arm. You know, watching it in college, you knew. And then, um, you know, all of the reports coming out matched up what they always said about him at LSU, about how he was just a student of the game. Like, incredibly smart, incredibly composed. Like, acts like he's been doing it forever kind of thing. Um, so, and, and, and you, you saw it, obviously, this last week. Uh, he's going to be a rookie, man. He's going to make mistakes. Uh, but he, he kind of has, like, that aura around him that, like, a guy like Peyton Manning did when he was in his rookie year. Not saying he's going to have the same career, um, but he's certainly on, on, on pace for something, you know, great. So, um, how about we'll, let, let's go into um, – let's just preview the matchups real quick. Um, we'll, we'll start off with, um, with Derek. How about we start with, with your matchup uh, here with Tackett? What do you think is going to happen here? Um. Hold on, my ESPN is trying to load. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm not in a very good position due to all the injuries I just had. And I'm pretty disappointed in the fact that our IR slots were not installed. So I'm losing a lot of bench <laughs> to having guys who are out sitting there that I can't drop. Um, thanks, Jimbo. That's the only time I'm going to mention that. But <laughs> I don't – Drew Brees, if he doesn't have – um, Michael Thomas this week, I, I think that's going to be a real plus for me. Jonathan Taylor and Josh Kelly are both in great matchups for Tackett. Hopkins is always in a great matchup because he's Hopkins. Um, I think it's going to be kind of hard for me to win, honestly. I think – Yeah, I got know, Tackett in this one. It should be your bounce-back week for Derrick Henry. Uh, it's going to be hard for Mike Davis. That Chargers yeah. front line is real solid. Juice could have a real good game. I don't know enough about Pittman. Um, I don't know if you're going to keep Traquan in there, you know. Yep. And Kelsey, I mean, the Ravens defense is uh, specifically good at targeting tight ends. But he's Kelsey. Yeah. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe this is one of the situations where I put old Noah Fan in instead of Travis Kelsey. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. What about Mike Williams? Yeah, I just benched him for Traquan. Um a matter of minutes ago. I just think Traquan's going to be a phenomenal short-term receiver while Mike Thomas is out. Um, he fills that role of Mike a lot better, and Drew Brees was looking for him the entire game on Monday Night Football when he wasn't going after Kamara in the backfield. See, like, I would caution you that, like, the, the one thing I would say is, like, it didn't work, right? Like, the offense didn't end up, you know, clicking. So, like, there could be a game plan where they want to try and get Sanders more involved. Do a little less for Traquan, right? Like, so that that's the only caution or I guess um, hesitation I have about Traquan. I would say Mike Williams because they're playing Carolina and the defense yeah. is absolutely terrible. 
That's kind of how I feel. I play Mike Williams over Jarvis Landry. Um, And get get that exposure to double Browns until they start clicking. Derek, I would sit Pittman. (laughs) I would sit Pittman before I would would sit Juice. Yeah. Pittman's going to be the number one scoring Indianapolis receiver by the end of the year. Okay. I mean, look, you're going to lose anyways if Baker doesn't have a good game. So, like, you might as well keep Landry in. That's kind of how I feel. Mm, we'll see. I don't know. I mean, I, I do feel like I'm pretty screwed regardless. Like, I, I did just get freaking decimated by all those injuries. Like, and I, I don't know. I'm probably going to drop a shot, Perryman, even though I, I shouldn't have to, but because I need to find other guys. I don't I, know. All right. So, are, are, I would like to ask, uh, you know, we can ask maybe after we're done with the matchups, but. I am curious, you know, we've, I think most of, at least Eric and I, Mark maybe, have bitched about the preseason, you know, every year due to injuries. Um, are we seeing now the result of not having a preseason and what that does to regular season injuries? I think we're seeing the result of no preseason and, like, no training camp. And basically they're non-contact for the entire time up until the start of the NFL season. So I, I do think that we're seeing it was important after all. I think there's a happy median. Like, I don't think the preseason needs to be four weeks long, but I think you obviously have to do something, right? Um, I, I personally think a two-week preseason gets the job yeah. done. Um, and uh, and you ha- honestly, you have, you have one week of, of, you know, the starters getting a series or a couple series in. And then you have another week of the starters getting a half in, uh, and then you're 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 off you're off to the races. So um, that's kind of how I feel with 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 a you know a tra- more a little bit more of a training camp before those preseason games as well, just to get the guys in shape. Because I mean, think about how many times guys show up to camp not in shape, and that's what happens when guys don't show up in shape. They end up getting hurt, um, or they come back after you know holding out for a contract and they get hurt because they weren't practicing enough in the meantime as well. Um, so as far as this matchup goes, are we all picking Tackett? Yep, I'll pick Tackett. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Derek on this. I'm going to take Derek. All right. Um, and, and my reasoning is going to be shoot out with Deshaun, Derek Henry bounce back. Uh, okay, I might have to take Tackett. <laughs> I'm going through the list. I'm sorry, dude. He's got DeAndre and John and John Brown. Man, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. In a non-existent, right. in a non-existent Dallas defense that Metcalf can exploit. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right, cool. So Tackett, 3-0. Um, what about Jimmy and Lennon here? So this is this is like the matchup of the week, right? Uh, so like, no. <laughs> well, it might what be I'm looking at all of them, but Lennon's gonna blow him out. His team is so good. I mean, they're both two and zero. So this is like you know, technically standings wise, this is the matchup of the week. I think Dalton Schultz can put up some points. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm looking at Jimmy's team. I you know, I mean, I question Nick Mullins obviously in his OP spot, but. Um, you know, I, I think that, uh, I think he's got a shot here. I wouldn't be surprised because I just, I, I feel like you can see Cooper cup, Stefan Diggs, and Marvin Jones. I think Cooper cup and Jones a little bit more kind of having some slow games, 
Diggs coming back down to like a 12 or 15 point game. Aaron Jones is not putting up 46 points again. Mark my words. Um, so I, I could, I could see, I'm just going to go with Jimmy here. Um, I, just to be contrarian. I think Lennon obviously does have a little bit of an edge, but I'll go with Jimmy and because I think he can surprise. Yeah, I think, uh, well, it's a game plan. It's going to come down to the new Orleans game. Uh, and obviously they are a staunch run defense team and Aaron Jones is not good in the open field. So, uh, maybe they shut him down, and Aaron Rodgers has a hell of a game. I think Nick Chubb runs wild on Washington. So, uh, you know, it's going to be close. I'm going to have to give Lennon the edge for now, just given the, the steam behind his train. Well, I think Washington could do a pretty good job stopping Nick Chubb. Uh, that's the one good thing in Washington is their defensive line. It's very strong. Um, I, I, I just – I'm looking at Lennon's team, and like you, I, I don't really see a weak point here. And Lennon's been putting up over 180 points the first two weeks, and Jimmy has won, like, in, I think he scored in the 130s both weeks. So there's there's a big difference here in these 2-0 and o teams. The way I look at it, um, that Panthers defense is the worst defense in the league. I got Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen both putting up over 20 points apiece. Hmm. It's got, I think it would be close, but I think Jimmy ends up winning another close. Also, game, Derek, so. just to be, uh, just to correct you, he put up 149 week one. <laughs> Jimmy did? No, uh, Lennon did. I am the leading scorer in the league still. Whoops. Got to give Dennison credit. Thanks, man. man. <laughs> we discredited him way too much at the at, at last week, I guess. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, so uh, let's look at Caleb and, and Carl's team uh, matchup. And does Caleb have any shot here? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if he – both teams I'm not a fan of, right? So if there's any week Caleb's going to win, it's going to be this one. Man. I Yeah, I – I, I, yeah, I'm, I would give the edge to Caleb's team right now. What about you, Derek? I'll go Caleb. It, it's gonna it's gonna depend on what happens in that Tampa Denver you know matchup, right? Because if Tampa like if Tampa runs all over Denver, you know that's gonna get Fournette and Jones you know great points, um, and then inversely, Melvin Gordon will not. Uh, and Jerry Judy, who knows what happens with Jerry Judy anyway. So um, I, I, I'm going to – and then he's also got two Ravens, yeah. so that also could, you know, raise his floor a little bit. So I'm going Caleb here for sure. Yeah. Uh, how about – all right, Dennison, what do you think is going to happen between you and Jack here? This is a rivalry. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I, I am nervous about this matchup. <laughs> um, I, I can't even lie. I think that – Jack's got a lot of bounce back players. I think Alvin Kamara is going to have a fantastic game. Lamar Jackson is in a shootout with Kansas City. That spooks me. Um, when it comes to a matchup against a staunch defense like Chicago, talent wins out. This could be Julio's game. ODB's a toss up. AJ Brown's a toss up. Um, Buffalo is, I don't really know where they stand on tight ends this year. So, he's going to have to figure out his defense, though. I mean, I've got him beat there. So, we'll see. Um, I'm going to 
give myself a very minor edge uh, just because I have faith uh, with the with the caveat that, boy, am I worried about Josh Jacobs against New England and Ridley against Chicago and Chark on the injury report going into tomorrow. Yeah. Um, for me, like, I mean, obviously the, the big swing is going to be with what happens between Ridley and Jones. Like you said, like it's, it's kind of one of those things where um, whichever one of those guys performs more probably dictates who wins this matchup. Um, but uh, damn you for getting the Bucks defense because <laughs> I, you outbid me by like a dollar. I raised my mark um, at the last moment. I was at seven dollars, oh. and I raised it to nine because I thought to myself, I, I thought seven is going to get underbid. <laughs> I had eight. I had eight. We'll go with the Chargers. So, damn you! Get the Chargers defense. Yeah. Um, damn you. So, uh, because but because at the end of the day, like that that uh, Chiefs Ravens, there's no way you can play the Ravens. No. You, you just can't expect them to score any points for you going into that. No, so. and I have a lot of faith in that defense, not against the Chiefs. Derek, what do we feel? Does Jack have a shot here? Uh, Yeah, he's got a shot. He's got talent on his team. No doubt about it. They All these guys can go off at any point. Um, I do favor Dennis's team, though. It's close, man. I'm not, uh, I'm not super yeah. psyched about this week. I'll tell you that much. Um, I'm going to pick, I'll, I'll pick, uh, oh man, this is tough, but I'll, I'll pick Dennison's team as well. So, and just because we're all picking your team, that's how, that's why you're going to, I'm going to, I pick so. Jack. I think Jack has a great chance. Jack, you've got this. <laughs> <laughs> nope. You heard it. Um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Kemp, Kemper and Nate, what do we think is going to happen here? Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go with Nate's team. Uh, on paper, this should absolutely be Nate. And, uh, yeah, Josh Allen against the Rams, I think he's going to have a rough night. So I will give it to – oh, and Matt Stafford against Arizona? Yeah, I'm going to give that to Nate. <clears throat> Jesus, Mitchell Trubisky's going to have his best fucking career game. Yeah, this is on Nate. He, he's got both of his star, All right. his star receivers back, so there's no reason he should lose this. I, I agree with that, too. Like, you got Godwin back. You got Zeke, Connor. Unless Connor, like, again, just kind of has, like, a r- r- stupid injury. Like, James Connor has probably, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, one of the most frustrating players when it comes to injury. Because, like, he'll get knocked out of a game, like, early, and it'll be like, oh, man, he's done for the year. And then, like, you find out, like, a day later, like, oh, he's, he's going to be ready for, for this Sunday. So, it's it's just, like, one of those things where, you know, I don't know what the deal is with that guy. But, um, yeah, unless there's any freak injuries, I'm going with Nate's team, too. So, and then, uh, and then lastly, um, I got to, I got to, I got to roll with my team here uh, up against Andres. I just feel like, I uh, feel like bounce back week. It wasn't a horrible week last week. Um, Patrick Mahomes in that. That matchup against Lamar, uh, loving that on Sunday night. Tyler Murray is, you know, runner-up for MVP right now. Um, and just the, the rest of my team, I feel good about having a nice uh, nice floor of points here. So, I'm taking Andres. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't mind Kenny and Drake at all against Detroit. 
Uh, Miles Sanders against Cincinnati sounds fantastic to me after just watching what the Browns did to them on the ground. Um, and then I think Herbert is going to carve up Carolina's defense like every quarterback has already played them. Yeah. The only issue I see here with Andres is if Devontae Adams doesn't play, then he's in a lot of trouble. Um, which if he doesn't if he doesn't play, then I'm looking at his bench, and I I think I'd have to go with you then. Yeah, I mean it's gonna it's gonna be interesting to see when we get the news on Devontae Adams. So that's gonna be kind of um, you know that's gonna be something to monitor. But I gotta imagine he's gonna be kind of limited at least. Um, so like I don't expect like a thirty point game out of him either. If he plays, man, it's a it's a coin toss for me. Uh, I will say I have never had faith in Henry and Drake once. I have never liked him. I don't have faith in him this year. He will never score above twenty one points all season. You can bookmark this podcast and come collect your money from me at the end of the year if it happens because it will not. Um, I really like Kyler Murray this week. I like Jonu Smith. I don't think Terry McLaurin will score on Cleveland's. I like DJ Moore. It's a coin flip, man. Um, but for sake of being on the podcast, Mark, I'll give you the nod. Oh, but I would be worried. I'd be worried about that Baltimore defense coming after them Chiefs. I yeah. I mean, that's going to be you know. I I need sixty points minimum out of my quarterbacks, in my opinion. So. Um, well, then in that case, I'm going with know. Andres. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I just – well, here's the thing. Like, I, I need that because, like, if I'm getting 30 points from Mahomes, I'm not getting more than 20 from, you know, CEA, right? right? Um, so, like and, – and if I'm getting more than 20 from CEH, I might get 15 from Mahomes. So, I, I, I prefer the 30-point spot from Mahomes here. Um, and then Murray, I, I, I expect 30 points from in, in his spot. So um, I, I need 60, in my opinion, uh, between those two to, to win this matchup. I, I feel like it can happen, though. So, Mark, do you have a vendetta against Andres' team? No, I just would like to pick my own team for my matchup. Do you got a problem with me picking my own team? <laughs> no, I just think you've been hard on Andres uh, all season I, long. I just don't look, think it looks that good. Like, I don't – I mean, like, I know I like Chanel, but, like, we talked about, like, the reason why I don't like it is because of the injury, you know, potential. Like, Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders, Devontae Adams, Will Fuller, um, all guys that could not finish the year mm-hmm. just because they have injury, you know, histories. So, um, I, I just think there's a lot of potential for him to lose starters here. And the second he does, you know, there's not a whole lot of wonderful depth on his bench here. So, I, I hope Andre succeeds. I I uh, if you ran it back and Drake was available, I still would have taken Mixon over both Drake and Sanders, and I did take Mixon over Sanders. I have zero faith yeah. in anyone in that backfield. I don't have faith in Carson Wentz, and Will Fuller is a joke to me. He's like the biggest fool's gold in the NFL, and it blows my mind the narrative behind Will Fuller. He didn't pan out for years. He was always hurt. And then you took away DeAndre Hopkins. Will Fuller was Will Fuller because DeAndre Hopkins was on the field. Bill O'Brien is maybe the worst offensive coordinator in the NFL. Um, scares the crap out of me. I like Chenault a lot, but now he's got a pick between Dallas Godair and Ertz. Ertz has a problem with that front offense. It's a, it's a bad situation. He's still got a ton of explosive potential. 
I think he'll have a fine year. Um, but that would scare the crap out of me. Having Kenyon Drake and Miles Sanders every week in out, it worries me. But a ton of talent behind it. I mean, more talent than Miles Gaskin. I can say that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's got better running backs than me for sure. So, um, cool. So, uh, looks like we're kind of split on that one here. Um, end of the day, great podcast. Dennison, appreciate you coming on, man. Any closing comments before we wrap it up? Uh, I think it's going to be a great season. I think for our league, we've had the most parity we've had in a long time, and I'm excited about that. Uh, you know, kind of a, a shaky start to it, but I appreciate everyone being so involved. Carl, if you're listening, congratulations on the engagement and to everyone else, congratulations wow, on open life. So, you know, cool stuff. Excited for the rest of the year. Um, and if you guys have any hot takes on a player, throw it out now. I would love to hear a player hot take. On the week any, or the season, all season or all season, any player hot take that you're feeling. Well, mine's what do you consider a hot take? Like an established guy or since the draft, my hot take has been Michael Pittman's the highest scoring receiver on the Colts. Okay. I thought it was Corlin Sutton. <laughs> yeah. Is he on the Colts, Mark? I don't think so. No, I just thought it was Corlin Sutton in general, man. No, I, I, I agree with you on Pittman, though. Um, I, I do like him. I think we saw a lot more of him this this week than last week, and we'll that'll continue to, to develop, I think, as the season progresses here. So I think there's definitely a lot of legitimacy to that one. Yeah. You're right there, Derek. Did I hurt your feelings? <laughs> no, dude, I'm just waiting for you to pick your own because you can't piggyback on mine. No, okay, okay. Um, I mean, like, I feel like I've had some here, but, um, like for me, I know I talked about digs, but, uh, I've, I've been on and he's on my team. I'll continue to harp on him. I think Terry McLaurin is a great player. Um, you know, we've, we already saw it this last week. I agree with you, Dennis, and I don't think he's putting up the same kind of week that he did last week. Uh, but just in general, I think he takes that extra step. Uh, he's in, he's going to be a guy that's certainly over a thousand yards receiving, um, could be a guy that's over 1,200 yards receiving, uh, and I've got I've got Terry McLaurin with uh, with eight touchdowns on the year as well. Okay. Um, a recent one that I've had because I want to stay away from my team, uh, and I I would say Caleb rest easy. I think Leonard Fournette is going to very securely take over that RB one role. I think he's going to have a pretty yeah. good season. I could really easily see him finishing, you know, maybe an eighth overall running back and kind of surprising people. He needs a confident team around him. He needs his confidence restored, and he needs some uh, longevity on those legs. Tom Brady's offense supplies all of that. So I think Leonard Fournette's going to be a good pick. I'm on board with that one as well. So, all right, cool. So, if you guys don't have anything else, um, appreciate you coming on, Dennison. We'll we'll touch base with everyone next week. Other than that, you know, good luck in your matchups this week, and uh, and peace out from the fantasy football bros.